and welcome to the Blazing Guts Show. I'm Teresa Blaze, along with my sidekick, my one of my best friends, my co-host, Michelle Saunders Guts. We're back. We've got some football to cover. Uh, it's been well, it's been quite a couple of weeks. But first, Michelle, how you doing? And welcome to the show. Hey, doing okay, Teresa. Glad we're in that season of football and loving watching all these games. So I can't wait to chat with you today and uh, throw out kind of our two cents. It's been quite an adventure. I'd like to come to you guys and say that a couple of our teams improved, but I can't do that. Um, we've had some really, really bad, bad games, and we've had some okay games, and then we've had some games where you just go, huh? We've got three teams to cover, and then you've got a player, and we've, of course, got our sponsor. But I want to talk about something that I'm starting to notice really starting to creep in, and it's becoming a problem. And I know that I'm not the first to talk about this, but... How many times do the zebras, the referees, have to insert themselves into the game? I mean, I get that they have a job to do. And I understand that they, you know, have to enforce penalties when players make stupid decisions. That doesn't mean they need to be throwing penalties when there's nothing there. And I don't know about you, Michelle. How many times have you seen a call and you're going, where did he see that? I'd say more than I should have. And I think there's been frustration at times. And I hate that taunting call. Oh, so do I. It is so stupid. I mean, let a player celebrate if he does something good. Honestly. I mean, you're going to you're going to penalize someone just for celebrating and call it taunting. When did we become the nice NFL? Hmm? Yeah, I think. That's kind of a, I don't want to say the word, but I think it's kind of a cultural shift. Yeah. You know what? You're right. I think you're right. I think, you know, part of it is I understand on one hand, I mean, and we've talked about this in a different light of, you know, player safety. Okay. But in this case, it's more, oh, you shouldn't flaunt it in other players' faces when you make a good play. Excuse me. It's the NFL. It's called football. Uh, it's supposed to be when you step between the lines, you get you have a kind of a nasty attitude. I think the NFL has inserted too much political kind of positioning in areas that, you know, do kind of affect the outcome of the game. A referee's call should never out- affect the outcome of the game. I'm sorry. But that needs to come down to the players, whether they actually make a a good play or they don't. Okay. now, you know, I mean, you know, if a kicker kicks a field goal and they hit or they miss it, whatever. But it should never be up to the referee and his penalty to affect the outcome of, of a game. Never. You know, and I and especially over the last couple of weeks, I've seen some stuff in the Cardinals game versus the Chargers. We saw like two penalties. And one of them, I was going, huh? Explain where you came up with that one. It's becoming a real problem. And I don't know what they can do to fix it. 
but just let the players play. I think the players just have to raise it to the coaches. The coaches then have to raise it to the owners and then they have to raise it to the commissioner. But I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a frustration point and it's, you know, I mean, and, and you don't know when they're going to call and when they're not going to call. And it kind of keeps people from being all they can be sometimes, you know, I agree because they don't know. Yeah. Cause they don't know if an, an official is going to call that call consistently on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And you wonder how that works. I mean, you know, cause you have different sets of referees, right? So, and do they interchange those refs each time at a different game or how does that work? I think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have a schedule. I mean, I don't know exactly how it, how it works out, but I'm pretty sure the referees have a schedule and they say, okay, this week you're going to referee this game. This week you're going to referee that game, you know, but I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I, I, I really don't. But I'm wondering, you know, when players step on the field and they see who's going to referee, does that affect how they operate? I And the question is, you know, how much, I mean, who ultimately makes those calls when there's differing opinions and stuff, too? Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, I'm just I just bring it up because once again, we're seeing it and it's I, I I find it annoying. I really do. And believe me, I've had a few uh, moments where I'm going, you stupid zebra. <laughs> I'm sure there are people that do more than that. Oh, yes, but this is a friendly, friendly show. Oh, and- I know, I know. <laughs> it is a very family friendly show, and we won't yes, comment we on will what keep the- it that way. We will keep it that we are. But I'm just saying, I think that's, yeah, there's some choice words out there on the field. Yes, and I'm fairly certain I've used a few of those choice words. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh man, but let's actually jump into some of the games. Um, let's deal with, let's switch it up. Let's deal with the one that we just watched. It was the afternoon game, uh, and it was the Chiefs and the Bengals. Now, I actually, I actually did see this game, and I know Michelle, you did. I want to get your take on it. Well, Teresa, you know, I am battling a, a concussion and recovering. And I'll be honest with you, um, in a recovery mode, you have to follow concussion protocols. So I had to kind of back off on my focus at times when I watched that game. So I couldn't watch it as intently, but I did watch some of it, but I took breaks. But I will say, and you and I did converse and talk and we went back and forth, but, you know, I just think first, second, quarter she's really didn't do so well but third quarter they dominated fourth quarter they didn't play as well as they needed to play to win the game and even Mahomes said great team great quarterback they play better I mean they're they're comparable team to the Chiefs it's the third time they beat the Chiefs well I'm sure they beat the Chiefs more but last year this where this year I, I don't know how many times they p- played them, but I do know that it was a frustrating game because 
I don't think the Chiefs were consistent in how they played either. And, you know, they, they could have opened up and played as intently as they played in the past with teams when they've gone in and just kept playing and playing and playing that ball and playing in the pocket, playing out of the pocket, defense showing up offense. And I just think, you know, the whole, the whole game, they didn't play really well in every area that they needed to play. And then, you know, the penalties that they had and that Kelsey turnover, you know, I mean, a little bit more than what a team that has performed at the level they performed should have. Yeah, that Kelsey turnover was brutal. I mean, it, it was I, a brutal turn. Yeah. Yeah. It and, it, and it was coming kind of towards the late area end of the game. And you're going, oh, come on. And then now you're expecting the defense who hasn't been really doing well on keeping uh, Burrow contained. Uh, now you're asking them to go out and do it again. And I think it was just a little too much. I do think it was a little too much. And, you know, I just think the Bengals showed up and played and that, you know, Burroughs is a really good QB, uh, like Mahomes. I mean, and he really performed to the end. And, oh, I think there was a missed field goal, too. Yes, there was. There was. Uh, I'm like especially and it, and it was within that dude's range it was and why i don't think it was the kicker it was the kicker's fault it was a low snap and so when by the time he got a hold of it you know he couldn't put as much Recover. into it yeah right mm-hmm. i know i know but it was still it was a miss and when you're playing teams that are competitively the same level pretty much you can't play like that you can't afford to play like that and the penal and there were two penalties. There were like what, f- and taunting? Really? You know, Teresa, I've thought about this. You probably think I'm absolutely insane when I say this, or even anybody that would hear what I'm saying here. But you kind of wonder where is the accountability? You know, where is the accountability when a team, you know, does doesn't perform to the level that they need to be paid for? You know. I mean, you know, in organizations, when you're hired to perform a job and you're being paid and you don't perform, you get written up or, you know, there's, there's, uh, an accountability and eventually you can be put on an action plan and ousted. And, you know, I'm just kind of wondering where is the accountability coming in, you know, from, I guess, from the owners, you know, I, you know, who get all over the coach who gets all over the players, you know, but I mean, I know that the chiefs have been out there really for the most part doing a great job. And, and, you know, there are days we all don't do as well. We have to give people a break. Right. Well, and, and I would ask that same question, not so much with the chiefs. I think they have an accountability system. I think they're going to write the ship. I can't say that with our other two teams at this point. No, with the Broncos. With the Broncos, yeah. Yeah. I just cannot, I cannot say that. Um, Moving to the Broncos, they found another way to lose a game. Oh, I know. And I, those poor Bronco fans. 
I, I, I just, I'm watching this and I'm, and the thing was, they played well in like the first half. Almost all through the game, they played well, okay? Except, you know, but they led three to nothing for a while. Then it was tied, you know, then it was tied. Then they got down 10 to three, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then they, you know, I mean, it went back and forth, back and forth. It was actually a really good, well played game. And they only lost by a point. Why? Because the, the coach of um, Baltimore decided to go for a two point conversion. You know, it was, it was, it was a, a made touchdown and then he went for a two, was it a two point or a field goal? I think it was a two point, you know, and, but they lost by one point and you sit there and you go, you know, how many coaches have we been through with the Broncos? Plenty, way too many. Okay. Number one, number two, I know they, you know, I mean, I mean, I know they cut loose um, Melvin Gordon, who, by the way, was picked up by the Chiefs and put on the uh, practice squad. You know, so I know they're cutting loose players that aren't uh, cutting it. But at what point do you say, okay, we have to change what we're doing because what we're doing isn't work working. Definition of insanity: doing the same thing and doing the same thing you've been doing and expecting different results. And um, a lot of the games that the Broncos are losing are close games. It's not like they're getting blown out. I will see how they play the Chiefs. I'm going to go down and say it. I think that um, I think the Chiefs are going to write the ship and I think they're going to get a win. I have a lot of confidence in the Chiefs and Andy Reid and their coaching staff. And if they play to the level that they should be, I agree with you totally. If they don't have any injuries or they don't, you know, something doesn't shift. I know there's a healthy competition between the two teams and you know when I first moved here to the Kansas City area I was a Broncos fan and people used to say you're supporting the donkeys I mean the Denver donkeys is what they call them and then everyone thought the Chiefs were in Denver you know because of the it's not like the Raiders and the Broncos but I mean there's definitely you know that healthy competitiveness but they didn't like, they didn't like, they call them the dorks. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but I would like to see, you know, a good game. I would like to see not a wipeout game, but let's see where it goes. I agree. I mean, and, and, and that, and that, but that requires of Denver to play excellent defense. It requires Russell Wilson to be on his game, which by the way, I will give props to Wilson. He actually was doing well. He really was, you know, um, he was reading the defenses. He was doing his job for the most part. I mean, obviously he had his moments and obviously he, you know, I mean, they didn't have a win. So, you know, but for the most part, he had a good game. I think the letdown was special teams. And I think the letdown was the Broncos defense. When it came time, they just could not contain the quarterback. He was able to run all he wanted. And I mean, and they were gassing the Broncos um, on the ground too. They were running the ball and they were doing things that, you know, you should be able to stop. If you're a quality defense, you should be able to stop. 
you should be able to keep that running back in check. You know, so yeah, I think knowing how these two teams are playing right now, if the Chiefs play up to their level and if they play um, on all cylinders like we know they can, we've seen them do it, then I really don't like our chances for the Broncos. I just don't. I think they're playing in Kansas City. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. That other home field advantage, you know? Yep. Yep. And the Chiefs really do make use of that. So They do. That stadium rocks, rocks, rocks. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, Russell Wilson's had a heck of a year. I mean making that change in transition. He's a veteran quarterback, you know? He's like Brady. He's like Brady. He can take a team that's behind and turn him around just because of his experience level, and they win. But for some reason, he's not doing it with this one. And I don't know. I mean, and he left Seattle. I mean, and Seattle, they were a good team, as I recall. I I don't watch them often, except when they come up, you know, but... You know, they were a good team now, you know, but now they got they got rid of a veteran quarterback to Denver. And I mean, and Denver at the time, they needed a quarterback. Uh, that was the other problem that we that Denver had is they kept burning their quarterbacks because and everything they kept coming up with was just garbage. I mean, let's just call it how it is. I mean, you know, you need a veteran or you need someone who actually knows what they're doing in that pocket. Yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. But we'll see. Indeed. Uh, last team we are going to cover, and then we're going to uh, touch on our sponsor, and then I think you've got a player. Yay, I do. But the last thing we're going to cover is my poor team. <laughs> the Cardinals. They played the – now, they had to buy this uh, on this Sunday, this week. So, you know, which I was kind of glad for. I think they needed it. But they played um, the Los Angeles Chargers. And they actually came out and they played relatively well. Once again, you know, penalties were a problem, um, including some penalties that I thought were ticky-tack or I don't know what you were seeing down there, but uh, you were seeing with zebra vision, obviously. You know, I don't know what you were seeing, but it, yeah. Okay. And... The Chargers are a good team. They really are. But they just beat up on the on the Cardinals. And once again, I think, I will say this, they ran the ball more. They ran the ball on the ground, which we needed them to do. You know, I get tired of Cliff, Coach Cliff Kingsbury, trying to pl- make these cute plays instead of just running the ball, you know, run the ball between the tackles, get on the ground, and impose your will. You know, I think we saw a, a little bit, tiny bit less of that, you know, and, and there were some good uh, results. But but once again, once again, Cardinals lo- lose. And you talk about accountability. I am not hearing Cliff call out the issues when I hear him. I'm hearing, yeah, this happened. This needs to be fixed. Okay, but how are you going to fix it? And he can never give an answer on that. And I find it kind of annoying. And I don't, I don't know if he needs to stay another year. 
I mean, I know he's got the big contract. So does Kyler Murray. And I'm not saying that, that the man is not a quality a good QB. I think when he's focused and he's doing what he's supposed to do, that was one thing I will say. He was very decisive, Murray, in the pocket. This time, this game, he was very decisive and he was doing his job. He was getting the ball out quickly and he was throwing it to his targets. I will give him that. That's something we hadn't seen up to this point. I'm looking at the Cardinals and I'm going, where is your accountability? Once again, you're losing and you pretty much put it right off the uh, playoffs. You're done. You know, you wonder if the salary would be adjusted based on their winning and their stats and how people would perform if they if they were affected by their pocketbook. I mean, really. I, or you get an adjustment or, you know, to be making the kind of money these guys make. I mean, you, you should be in the game winning, 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 winning. Kyler Murray got the second largest contract in the NFL as a quarterback. And this is the kind of product you're putting down on the field? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, oh, man, I'll tell you. It's it's heartbreaking for those of us that are diehard Cardinals fans, okay? Because we see it. We see um, there are some quality players. Uh, J.J. Watt, um, you know, uh, Buddha Baker. Who is the other new player that they brought on? Oh, uh, they brought on Zach Ertz. Yeah, well, they brought on Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and then they brought, um, uh, they have James Conner, who's the running back. Uh, and they have um, Hollywood Brown. Those guys are hungry. You know, they're ready to win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know they are. You know, and I know that they work. So I don't think it's a question of if they want it. I think it's a combination of, let, let me step back. When when they were deciding Tyler's contract, there was a big blow up. And one of the things that was put in the contract and then it was taken out for whatever reason was that Kyler needed to watch four hours of film a week. And then it was taken, that clause was taken out. Now, I don't know why that the owner felt like that that had to be in the contract. I don't know. Okay. But it does show me. And the other, the other thing that I just don't see, I don't see a leader in Kyler. I really don't. He's a good player. He's talented. Uh, when he's on game, he is on point and he, and, and he can throw dimes and he can gouge you for, uh, with his legs if he has to, similar to Mahomes. But I haven't heard one person from that Cardinals locker room, not one, say Kyler is a good leader and hey, I got, I trust him. That makes a huge difference on a winning team. If your QB isn't a leader, I mean, the team dynamics, they're going to be all over the place. Who are they going to follow? I don't know. He should take leadership classes. No kidding. No kidding. I mean. From Mahomes. <laughs> or from Matthew Stafford. Or you know what I'm saying? Or, um, I, yeah, no, I get you. I get you totally. Because this is a real problem. And it's showing up on the field. It's showing up on the field. And I am. I'm never going to stop watching them. But man, is it heartbreaking. Well, yeah, because you know the team that they were and what their potential. 
I know that if we get, if we, you know, we get the right stuff in place, I know for a fact we would have a winning product. And I know for a fact, I mean, we went to the Super Bowl once. I remember that game very well. It was, um, it was the Cardinals and the Steelers. And it was one of the most hard fought games I think I've seen. I mean, it, uh, the Cardinals had Kurt Warner playing. And you want to talk about a man that could lead. That was a man that could lead. They didn't win the Super Bowl, but they made it. They were good enough to make it. You know, and I remember that run. I remember that run. I And I know that a lot of the fan base that watches them now goes, we want to see that again. But I don't believe they have the winning formula with Kyler. As I said, I think he's a good player, but he's not a leader. And I don't believe he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Well, maybe his coach also is accountable there. Maybe that's not a good combination either, you know, because the coach really should be helping him too. And, you know, maybe he's not getting that mentorship or support that he needs. I know there has been a little bit of tension between him and, and Cliff. I know that. I know Brady, Tom Brady had a lot of tension with that quarterback or excuse me, that coach um, for New England. I mean, I I don't know. There were rumors he left because of that. And he came back because he was able to join, you know, another team with another coach. And I mean, you know, you just a lot. I mean, it, it very much aligns with why people leave their jobs and leave employment. In situations, you know, because they don't get along with their boss or right, the management right. or and, whatever. And I mean, and I mean, Tampa Bay's coach Bruce Arians. I have a huge amount of respect for him. Uh, in fact, he's the one that coins the phrase "no risk it, no biscuit." And you know that mentality. I've always respected that mentality because he would take shots down the field. He had no business taking. Some of them panned out, and some of them didn't. I mean, I have a huge amount of respect for Andy Reid. He's a great coach. But I can't say the same for Cliff Kingsbury. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm, I'm not really, I'm not ready to say we need to let him go yet. But I think I'm kind of getting there. Because if they don't get a win for the rest of the season, yeah, I'm pretty much going to be get rid of the coach. Please, can we get rid of the coach? Please, you know, just, just torch the whole daggum thing. I want to say something else and I won't, <laughs> you know, just torch the whole thing and uh, let's get a, de- a decent coach in here, please. I think I just, I come into that. Uh, I, I, I'm glad the Cardinals have a bye, please. I'm hoping they can reset some things and do whatever they need to do to get themselves back on track. Yep. I hope so too. I mean, I'm sure they're listening and to others and, you know, who knows how the owner gets involved and, you know, the other coaches or what really happens behind the scenes. But, you know, there's still game left and uh, they could end the season, maybe not take, you know, a playoff, but, you know, at least leap with dignity. No kidding. I'd like to see them at least get a uh, winning record. Please, can we at least get a winning record? we got a few games left. You can do it. Or at least finish 500, you know, and then and then we can reset for next year. But that's, 
yeah so all right let me touch on today's sponsor and then we've got um your player and then we'll kind of close it out uh today's sponsor for the blazing guts show is freedommugs.store that's right it's back and if you're looking for a gift for the holidays whether you celebrate christmas or hanukkah or whatever you do we've got the gift for you all kinds of mugs and we're going to be uh, doing some other cool things on the store, too. But um, we've got all kinds of mugs for whatever you're looking for, faith-based. Um, in fact, we're even going to have, we're going to, we you know, we may have some sports-oriented mugs. we got to kind of look into that. But they may be coming very soon. But I want you to go to www.freedommugs.store. Check it out. See what you can find. And get a mug, a coffee mug, for your uh, gift for whatever you're needing to do today. That's freedommugs.store. Michelle, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you to talk about the player that we are highlighting. I wanted to highlight the third-year quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. And right now, Philadelphia is the leading team of all the teams out there. And that's kind of why I thought it would be kind of cool to share with you a little bit about him. And of course he loves playing football. He loves keeping God in the center and he gives God all the glory. He leans in on him all the time And he knows that everything unfolds the way it's supposed to when he does that. So I really honor his faith and him putting God on the throne and how he plays the game and how he conducts himself on and off the field. He actually was um, from the Washington football team. And I do know he credits his family for his strong faith foundation, which I think is really cool too, because he talks about all of his spiritual wisdom and how he was able to get that um, and how it was passed down from his mom, his dad, his grandmother, And he also talks about how in all things, what he does is he gives God glory and he's got, you know, that scripture to give God the glory in all things that, you know, he puts into his life first. And he, you know, believes that, you know, all outcomes can be overcome, even hard things when you have God at the center. And so, you know, I think he really enjoys being a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. I guess he considers that, you know, a thrill and it's one of the best cities to play football in. So those are just some tidbits about Jalen Hurts. I mean, you, you keep your eye on him because Philadelphia 
is probably going to be a contender. Um, and definitely we know it's going to be in the playoffs and, you know, may even end up at the Super Bowl uh, just based on their outstanding record and where they're at. And he's leading the pack there as a quarterback. So I just wanted to share that tidbit. Um, I didn't do too much more um, looking out for him in terms of like, what is he doing in, you know, is he attending church? You know, I'm sure he is. I'm sure that he's got the places of worship. I do know that he came from the university of Oklahoma and he was born in Houston. I do know that. So those are things too, that you might be interested in. Um, but I don't know like much about his family life. I do know that he, he doesn't have a girlfriend. At least that's what was reported. And he's been single for a couple of years. Um, and so at that could have changed, you know, things change all the time, but I do know he doesn't have any children that I'm aware of, um, at this point in time, just thought I'd share those things. And I think he donates a lot, uh, in his community. And I do think he is really trying to give God the glory in his life based on, you know, his faith, um, and his beliefs. And that I think has come very strongly through his family too, to him. So that is it. I hope that blesses you all to hear a little bit about him and keep an eye on him on, on the field. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, I think, um, I mean, he, uh, of course he likes to play, you know, football. I mean, his team has like got a really good winning record. Um, but I think, you know, when you are putting God first in what you're doing, uh, I think it shows up on the field. I really do. Not all the time, not necessarily in the X's and the O's, not necessarily in a winning record, but I think it shows up on the field when you're putting God first. Um, you know, and so I'm really, I, I, Michelle, I really love hearing about these players. I love hearing about the ones that are honoring God and everything they do on and off the field. I think, um, you know, that was the goal of this, this show. Um, and, you know, I mean, we're going to, we will criticize and we will, we will talk about the ends and outs and the X's and the O's and the stuff of football because, you know, we're both huge NFL fans. But when it comes down to it and we look at, you know, the players that are honoring God, that's what we're about. We want to highlight those players. We want to highlight the ones that are um, just living this thing out, you know, playing football in a way that pleases their, their, their father in heaven, because that's what he's gifted them to do. Um, and I don't know about you, but I just love doing this. I really do. Well, and you know, these guys aren't perfect, right? I mean, Christians do struggle and have their own struggles and sometimes they fall back. Um, sometimes they stay consistent, but he is a foundation and, a lot of family members who supported him and brought his faith to the forefront. And, you know, he's living that out. 
Uh, does that mean he's perfect? No. Does that mean any of the guys that we've highlighted, you know, they're not there. Some lifestyle is questionable by others. Some, you know, but we're not here to judge, you know, we're here to, you know, lift up. And so we just need to keep these guys prayed up on the field, you know, because they're trying to be a witness and they're trying to take a stand and I'm sure they get persecuted, you know, at times or could be, I mean, look at Tim Tebow and what happened to him. I mean, that guy was persecuted so much. Um, and, and there are other players I'm sure who have been, you know, persecuted just like you get persecuted in the workplace, you know, when you're taking a stand. I mean, I know I have in the past when I've worked at other companies and it, it's just, you know, the way it is. But I will tell you, God honors that and we're going to honor it. And so I just thought it was kind of fun to highlight him, especially with their record right now, too. If you want to uh, uh, us to highlight a player that you know of that's that that you think should be looked at, we would love to hear from you. You can actually reach us. We are on Twitter at Blazing Dutch. Um, Blaze and uh, Andy Gutch. Um, we are on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. You can also leave a comment on our website just below this episode. Uh, feel free to reach out to us, please. Let us know who you want us to highlight, or if you want us to cover something uh, in the games, please let us know. We want to build. We want to. Um, we want to do that. Um, and again, go check out our sponsor for the Mugstar Store. And with that. I'm Teresa Blaze. Michelle, thank you so much for coming. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed doing this with you. Okay. So I'm Teresa Blaze, along with my, my co-host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch, and we are out. If you run across someone that we don't know about, please text it in. I want you to text NFL to 575-223-1596. You're going to get a little link. You're going to fill out your information. And if you got football thoughts, anything, we want to hear about it. 